Pastor Paul Boyer and the congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's listen to Pastor Paul as we study the Word together. This is Memorial Day weekend. It's traditional and, and right that we do this this weekend. Typically and traditionally, the weekend service of Memorial Day is a special tribute to the men and women who are in uniform and have been in uniform. I want to read this little tribute. This is a, little, this is a, a description of the tradition of Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a day of remembrance and honor. On Memorial Day, the flag of the United States is raised briskly to the top of the staff and then solemnly lowered to the half-staff position, where it remains only until noon. Then it is raised to full staff for the remainder of the day. The half-staff position remembers the more than one million men and women who, have, who gave their lives in the service of their country. At noon, their memory is raised by the living who resolve not to let their sacrifice be in vain but to rise up in their stead and continue the fight for liberty and justice for all. At this time, I'd like to have everybody in the congregation that is in the military or have been in the military, regular, reserve, if you've ever worn a uniform, I'd ask you to stand up. Thanks, guys, for be seated. Let us never forget what today means. Freedom is not free. Freedom comes at a price, and it's paid by the men and women such that you've seen here this morning. They come from all walks of life. They're rich and they're poor, and they're white and they're black and Hispanic and Native American and Asian, and they've given to the struggle. The struggle for America is much bigger than prejudice or race. The struggle for America is bigger than all of us. See, everyone who served in uniform has given something to the cause. Those of you in this room that, have, that wore the uniform at one point and those of you that are still wearing the uniform, you know what that cost. You know what freedom cost you. Many of you, and I included, can name the names of our fallen brothers, the ones that we went into combat with or we went into the mission with that didn't come back. That's the memory that we cherish, and that's the memory that we honor today as part of our Memorial Day service. All those who gave everything they had, all those that gave it all for the protection of the freedom that we enjoy. I'd like to read you a letter. This was written to a Mrs. Bigsby in Boston, Massachusetts. It says, Dear Madam, I have been shown in the files of the War Department a statement by the Adjutant General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any words of mine which attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I can't refrain from tendering to you the consolation that may be found in the thanks of the Republic they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and the lost. 
the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid such a costly sacrifice on the altar of freedom. Yours sincerely and respectfully, Abraham Lincoln. These men died to set other men free. And this is the cost of freedom. The freedom that we take so lightly that we take for granted that we sometimes squander on the idol of selfishness or political correctness or simply complacency was bought and paid for with the blood of patriots. Blue, ble- blue bellies and Johnny Rebs, doughboys and grunts and soldiers and airmen and marines and yes, even coasties. Some of you will get that. Each was a hero. Each man and woman with a family, friends, loved ones, maybe husbands and wives, and maybe children and went on to grow up without a mother or father. Or maybe he was a smooth-faced boy who wasn't old enough to vote or buy a beer whose life ended before it began. Who did they fight for? They fought for you, and they fought for me. They bled for the freedom we sit in here today, from Bunker Hill to Baghdad, from, from Shiloh to Somalia. From Berlin to Burma, Americans have fought and died for that freedom, the very freedom that we enjoy. Why? For the love of country? For the love of each other? For the love of God? And for the love of freedom? You see, freedom is not free. It is bought and paid for, and the price is the most valuable thing that any man or woman possesses. Hard work is not enough. Sweat and tears is not enough. Freedom can only be bought with blood. Blood is the very essence of life. It's what it takes. Nothing else will suffice. There, there, there is nothing else that can buy freedom. But there's a grander freedom yet. And it requires an even greater sacrifice. Remember Mrs. Bixby? Who gave five sons? Well, there was another, mo- another mother... Who lost a son. Only one. And he also died to set men free. You see, blood is the price for freedom. This son died too young, never knowing the joy of marriage and children and the comforts of home. He came into a world at war and that war killed him. His mother stood and watched him die. But this wasn't a war for territory or to overcome oppression or even to set men's bodies free. This is a war for the very soul of mankind, a war that began before the human race was even conceived. For the freedom of all men and women everywhere, for all times, past, present, and future, this sacrifice was made. And it's all because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. God sent a costly sacrifice to lay on the altar of freedom. But freedom is not free. The cost is blood. And Jesus paid the price on a hill outside Jerusalem. He took the sins of the world and nailed them to a tree and shed his blood to buy freedom for us. Jesus is the Lamb of God sent to take away the sins of the world, the Lamb that sets men free. See, the death of our Savior bought us something. It bought us life and liberty and victory. 
even over sin. And the resurrection bought us victory over death itself. The entire world was in darkness and misery and hopelessness. All mankind was lost in the darkness of their own sin, the darkness of their own making, until the light of the world came and put an end to all that. We were all condemned and without hope until, like Paul and Silas, the chains fell off and the door swung open and we were free. Amazing grace, how great the sound, saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, now I see. My chains are gone. I'm free. We were enslaved by sin, but now we're free. We were condemned, but now we're pardoned. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to chapter, Romans chapter 8. We were condemned, but now we were pardoned. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus, because the, law, because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do since it was limited by flesh, God did. What the law could not do because it was limited by flesh, God did. Try as we might, we're limited by flesh. There's only so much we can do. We can work, we can strive, we can be the best Christians we can possibly be. We can, we can put our lives in the balance and say, as long as my good works outweigh my sin, no, it's limited by flesh. Only God could save us from that condition. Only God could save us from the slavery we were under. Only God could make the chains fall away and the doors swing open. What the law could not do since it was limited by flesh, God did. And this is amazing. We who were condemned. But it goes on to say, He condemned sin in the flesh by sending His own Son in the flesh like ours. In the flesh like ours, God became man like us. He became in flesh like ours. And became the condemned for us. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the flesh like ours under sin's domain. As a sin offering. Why? In order that the law's requirement would be accomplished in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. We have life and freedom because of the price that Jesus paid. He set us free. John 8, 36 says, Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. Or another translation, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. That raises a question that begs an answer. What does freedom mean to you? The United States of America is the greatest experiment in freedom the world has ever seen. It's the world's longest-lasting democratic republic. No other nation on earth has ever reached the level of economic prosperity that we enjoy. No government has ever been established by the people for the people that has endured as long as ours. As Americans, we're free to think what we want and say what we think. 
We can live as we choose as long as those choices don't, don't infringe on the rights of any, uh, anyone else. We are able to rest in the constitutionally guaranteed rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All this freedom is made possible by those who fought and those who died to protect it. The question is, do you love it? Do you love it enough to fight for it? Do you love it enough to sacrifice for it? Or do you sit and enjoy the benefits and complain about paying your taxes? Sacrificing nothing. If you can't fight for yourself, do you honor those who do? Do you vote? Do you help feed the poor? Do you work in a crisis pregnancy center? Do you give back? Are you contributing anything to the freedom you enjoy? What does freedom mean to you? A price has been paid for it. What does it mean to you? Better yet is the freedom that Christ brings. This is the ultimate freedom. Freedom from sin and death and condemnation and hell. God has given us his grace, a free gift that we cannot earn. He sent his son to die on a hill to buy your freedom and mine. The question is, what do you do with it? At the very core, are you grateful? Do you acknowledge that Christ, what Christ did for you on your behalf and thank him for it? Do you live in obedience to his word? Do you love him? Do you have a relationship with him? Because, because freedom is not free. It carries a significant responsibility. Firstly, it demands that each subsequent generation rise to the challenge of defending it. Americans have always done this. From the revolutionaries to the men and women you see here today. We've always risen to the challenge. Each generation has risen to the challenge of defending the freedom that was handed down to them by their forefathers. We've always done that. I've heard a lot of disparaging remarks about this current generation. I've heard a lot of people say that this current generation is, is, is lazy. And they want to live off the fruits of their parents. They expect to have in three years what took 30 years for their parents to obtain. They don't, they've lost their work ethic. They're not well educated. They're the me generation. They're the generation that puts their hands out and expects the world to fill them just because they breathe. This is what I've heard. This is what I've heard. And that's what society says about this generation. Tell you what, I don't believe it. I don't believe this young man is just sitting here enjoying the freedoms that have been handed down to him by his forefathers without doing something in return. I don't believe that any of this generation that's in uniform right now, including Jess in the back. Hi, Jess. I don't, be, I don't believe it. I believe this will stand as the, one of the greatest generations in history. I believe this generation will stand right alongside their forefathers who fought the Second World War and be called the greatest generation. Why? Because they stand their ground. They fight their fight. They take their weapon and they go. So all this nonsense about this being the me generation, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing a you generation. I'm seeing a generation that's willing to fight for freedom. And willing to defend America in places we've never even heard of. 
fighting battles that our forefathers could never conceive of. So I applaud this generation. This generation is standing up and making and making and, and standing up and making their stand and defending their country and defending freedom, not only for us, but for the world. Americans have always done that. Freedom demands one more thing. All I've said so far has been a little bit dark. It's all about blood and death and sacrifice. And that's true. That's part of our freedom. That's part of what it costs to maintain this freedom we enjoy, this blood and death and sacrifice. Long hours, long months, and sometimes years away from friends and family. Standing a post. It's sacrifice. But there's one more thing that those fallen heroes expect from us. Not only should we remember who they are and what they've done, not only should we be thankful for what they've done for us, but they expect us to live in joy. Yeah, joy. They didn't fight and die so we can live in a constant state of misery. They didn't fight and die to protect our freedoms so that we would not only have the right to free speech and freedom of the press and freedom of religion and to live our lives the way we... They fought and died so that we can enjoy our lives, so we can live as free men and women. They expect us to rejoice. So tomorrow is a day of remembrance, but it should also be a day of joy. We should appreciate the freedom that we have. Tomorrow we have the right to gather together as families and cook our burgers and flip our brats and take the boat to the lake and go camping or whatever it is you're going to do tomorrow. You have the right to do that in freedom without asking anyone's permission, without having to get a permit other than a fishing license. You have the freedom to enjoy this day, this day that you don't have to go to work. And some of you will still get paid for. Not me, but some of you. You have the right to do that. You have the freedom to do that. And it was purchased by them. They want you to enjoy that. They want you to live in joy. And enjoy the freedom that they bought. So it's not all dark and somber. It's joyful. So tomorrow as you roast your hot dogs or whatever it is you're doing, just take a moment to think about the people that made what you're doing possible. Give a little bit back. A little bit of gratitude, but enjoy your day. That's what they want. That's what they require of you. It comes with a, freedom comes with a price. It comes with a responsibility, but it also comes with joy. Those that have paid the price for freedom expect us to fight to preserve it, to remember the sacrifice, but more than that, they want us to live in the full joy that freedom brings. They want us, the beneficiaries of their blood, to live in a free country, to live and love and enjoy our blessing. That's what they died for. So that you may know the joy of being free. Well, well, spiritual freedom also comes with responsibilities. Christ expects us to fight for it. We don't have to defend the faith. God can do that far beyond any poor attempt of mine. But he expects us to speak up boldly in his name. 
He's given us a mission. Anybody know what his mission is? Let's give you a hint. It's in Matthew 8, 19. Okay. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded of you. He's given us a mission. He's given us a commission. He expects every generation to rise up and stand for him. Every generation from the first generation, from the first century to now, we're to stand up and we're to proclaim his name and we're to take the gospel to our generation, to our world, to our Jerusalem, to our Samaria. We're to take the gospel to the ends of the world. That's our responsibility as free men and women. We're to stand up and fight. We're to proclaim his name. We're to make disciples. We're to stand for what's right in our culture. We're to fight against the forces of evil in our culture. That's the responsibility that God has laid on us as the recipients of this freedom. Yes, we are to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for our freedom. But there's another responsibility beyond standing and fighting, beyond declaring his name, beyond taking the message of the gospel to the ends of the world, beyond evangelizing in our generation, beyond standing for the the values that we cherish in our culture, he gives us one more responsibility. Well, actually two. We're to love each other. We're to love each other as he loved us. Scripture says, the world will know you by the love that you share. So we're to love each other, you and I, and those in this room. But more than that, we're to love the world. Not become part of the world, but we're to love them so much that we don't want them to stay in the condition they're in. Why do we evangelize? Why do we invite people to church? Why do we tell people the gospel? Because we're right and they're wrong. And darn it, they're going to learn their lesson. Is that it? No. We do it because they're lost and they're dying and they're on the road to hell and they don't even know it. And you, my friend, have the solution. You have the plan. You have the way for that they can avoid all that. You know where the food is. And they're the beggars that need it. That's why we evangelize. That's why we make disciples. Because we love them so much we can't stand the thought of them burning in a, in a sinner's hell. I know some people that I don't like very much. But I love them. I don't think I'd hang with them. I don't think we'd be homies. But I love them too much not to tell them what I know. So we have to love each other. And we're to love the world, not the sin, but the people. Because each and every one of those souls was made and created in the image of God himself. Every human being on the planet is an image bearer of God. So we're to love each other, we're to love the world. But there's one more thing that God asks us to do. No, he requires us to do. We're to remember his sacrifice But more than that, we're supposed to live in the peace and the joy that grace brings. John 1 1 says, From the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed 
and have touched with our hands, meaning Jesus Christ himself, the resurrected Christ, concerning the word of life. That life was revealed, and we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We're spreading the gospel. We're testifying to the truth of Jesus Christ and who he is. What we have seen and heard we also declare to you so that you may have fellowship along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. What is all that about? We are writing these things so that our joy may be made complete. That our joy might be made complete. If you have never led someone to the Lord, it's difficult to describe the joy in your heart when you see that lost sinner take on the mantle of Christ see that lost sinner accept Jesus Christ there's no joy greater than that that's why we do it so that our joy may be complete so this is what Christ says to you he says live, love, laugh and enjoy the political and spiritual freedom that was purchased with such a price. And rest in the security of freedom and love of the Almighty God expressed in the person of His Son. See, freedom isn't free. Freedom to enjoy what we, what we enjoy in the United States of America is paid for, paid for with the blood of patriots. Freedom to enjoy spiritual freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from death was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ himself. Freedom isn't free. Let's never forget that. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, th- we come humbly, humbly before you with the joy of your freedom on our hearts and the love that you show us radiating from us to the world Lord, we ask that you give us that joy, that you give us that love, that we're able to spread all that you've given, the grace that you show us, the unmerited favor, the very presence of God in our lives that you show us so that we can tell others and we can spread this joy throughout the world, calling all those to your kingdom. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us, the many blessings that you pour out on us. We thank you more than anything, anything else, for the love of your Son. We ask, Lord, if there's anyone here today that has not accepted that love, that you work in their hearts right now, today, to bring them to the realization of who they are. They're sinners lost in a sinful world. They're enjoying the freedom of being a resident of the United States of America. They're enjoying the freedom from oppression and the ability to, to, to work where they want and say what they think. But they don't know the freedom that you have, a greater freedom that sets them truly free because they're still in bondage, they're still in slavery, even though externally they, they may be free. I ask, Lord, that you work in the hearts of, of all those who hear this that have not accepted you and let them see the reality of who they are as sinners lost in a sinful world that need a Savior. And they call on you. They call on you for that freedom. 
I ask, Lord, that you be with the men and women all over the world today that are standing their posts. They would much rather be home with friends and family enjoying this day and enjoying the freedom that they and men and women like them have purchased so expensively at such a cost. But instead, they're sailing that ship. They're flying that plane. They're walking that beat. They're planning that next patrol. They're serving for freedom. These men and women have voluntarily surrendered their personal freedoms to defend the freedom of others. I ask, Lord, that you be with them today and tomorrow as we remember who they are and what they've done for us. I ask that you give them a special blessing. I ask, Lord, that you be with us and let us always remember who you are and who they are. Let us never forget what the cost of freedom really is. So, Lord, I ask that you guide us throughout this week. Be with us tomorrow. Let us all take a moment tomorrow to give praise to you and those that have fought and died for the freedom we enjoy. Lord, we ask that you move in this congregation with a, a spirit of revival, that you plant in the hearts of all who hear this a kernel of your love. Build those that love you to a higher state. Bring those that don't know you into your fold. Ask, Lord, that you go with us and guide us. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.